politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Adam. Bo. Our, our hero, Elizabeth Warren. Yes. She wrote an op-ed in The Times that should have been titled, I f***ing told you that was going to happen again. <laughs> Four decades after its creation, Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th largest bank in we the U.S. begin this morning with the banking blame game its value during trading yesterday. It took just a day and a The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates. So here we are in, in the, the aftermath of, of more bank wipeouts. It's like, a, it's, it's, it's un uncanny that it could happen again. And that means that there's scams galore about to happen, correct? Without question, be careful with email, phone calls, texts that in any way make any reference whatsoever to the bank failures. It's one thing if your financial institution sends you a note that does not ask you to click on a link or open an attachment that talks about how you're okay with them because they didn't do what those banks did. Yeah. But there are going to be a lot of other communications you're going to get and delete them, hang up the phone, don't click on links. Be really, really careful because the scammer is going to be out in force on this one. That includes all you people out there who think you're too smart to get caught because you will also be seeing emails from scammers who know what you do for a living. And it'll say something along the lines of, we know that you've been waiting to hear about the bridge loan that we're securing in the wake of the wipeout. And this is the most recent information we can give you. And it'll seem like information you are actually waiting for, like the bridge loan that saves your bank, your particular bank from, from mayhem. They, they could be smart. They, they could be more than your average phishing email. And even if it looks uh, convincing, just call your bank. It'll only take a, a couple of minutes to confirm whether or not that was a scam. Go to the source if you don't want remorse. Indeed. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, cyber protector of drained bank accounts. I'm Bo, cyber polisher of all dull bowling balls. And I'm Travis, cyber Alka-Seltzer in a seagull's gut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Travis, that hurt my sinuses. Siegel had it coming. And today we hear a story about an empty bank account and a long road to recovering funds by a guy in the entertainment industry. Jason, welcome to our show, and we're excited to have you here. So. First off, where are you coming to us from? I am coming from Los Angeles, California. I've heard of it. I've heard <laughs> of that place. Anyway, normally I would grill you with the, the ferocity of a prosecutor in front of a grand jury. But because you are Bennington and because we have the Bennington boys here today, I'm going to turn this over to Travis and Bo. 
No, 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 no. You don't get off so easily, sir. Now ask him a pointed prosecutorial question now, or I'm leaving. Okay, so how tall are you, Jay? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, I work in television and film, uh, primarily as a cinematographer and a director. And is that for is that for broadcast TV, like narrative television, uh, news? What do you do? What's your area? My my main area is in unscripted, so I do a lot of doc stuff, reality TV stuff, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, what I direct is narrative comedy stuff. The unscripted stuff is is bigger stuff, a lot of Bravo stuff, TLC shows, like things like that. Of all the projects you've done, Jason, what's your favorite? My favorite program that I worked on, it's, it's probably, I've, I've been uh, the director of photography for a show called Vanderpump Rules on Bravo for now, well, since the beginning. Um, and uh, that's probably been my favorite experience because it's uh, it's been a, a show that people really enjoy and it's a wild, wild I'll try. Wait, wait! I'm dying to know what's the latest scandal. I think I think the uh, the tabloids probably have better information on it than I do right now. Uh, and if I did have further information, I'd be sworn to secrecy anyway. Darn! I was really revving <laughs> up for that one. So, since you have experience with our world famous co host Travis Taylor, what's a good funny story about Travis you can share with us? Because we're dying to know. And by good, I mean really, really, really good. good. We want to torture him with this. Do it. Come on, do it. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I will track you down. Tell yeah. uh, Travis, Travis does know where I live. Since oh. this is also a podcast about hacking and hackers, uh, I, I may leave I may leave those alone. I'd say Travis gave me a really nice hug one time. Yeah. Wow. You are a wuss. <laughs> it was out of character. Oh. <laughs> Well, one thing, uh, Jason, both you and Adam have in common is that both of you really tried to sell me on uh, Top Gun Maverick. Huh. And I finally watched it this weekend. And um, So good. What? Yeah, what? Wh and? Why? <laughs> oh, my God. That's ridiculous, what? Travis. You Wait were, like, a sitting minute, at, no. Travis was just, tra you guys don't know this, but earlier today, Travis was, was 100% like wrapped in red, white, and blue, jingoistic, yada, yada, yada telling me what a horrible human being I was for not just being 100% like, yay, our guy's overseas. Yeah, that's exactly how could you how not like went. that movie? <laughs> Come on. You okay, didn't? maybe not exact. Maybe that wasn't like a the fair. Movie? It was a short Scientologist kind of getting over everything that happened in the previous movie from 30 hey. years ago. Oh, come on. Okay. Tom Cruise is a very excellently aggressive mesomorph, and I like him. Okay. No, but, but but they've credited Top Gun with being one of the two movies that basically saved Hollywood in 2022. I mean, the uh, the jet fighter scenes were pretty fun. Seeing Val Kilmer again was great, but otherwise, yeah. Oh. Let, let, let me pivot a little bit past my uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> resentment and uh, my questioning of both your judgment. Uh, yeah, Jason and I met on the first day of college. Uh, they made us uh, go into a team activity of dropping an egg off of a balcony. <laughs> But yeah, since then, yeah, I've, I've known actually Jason longer than I've known you, Bo. You've known Jason, actually, three months longer than you've known me. Yep. You win, Jason, by three months. And was he, <laughs> was his scam already afoot then when you met him? Dropping eggs off of a, in a trust, weird trust wall thing? I'm, st I'm still trying to figure out what the trust of throwing an egg off a balcony is. Well, Trav, should we tell him what we determined was our best strategy style yeah 
we went for style. So everyone else did attempt to make some sort of cradle or parachute or something like that. And we just looked at the egg and we said, F it. And we just threw it right at the ground. And that, that sums up the Bennington experience. As much as we'd love to hear more about Travis in college, which without question must have been quite an adventure, that's not why you're on the show today. But you did have an experience living in New York that's apropos of our podcast. What happened? I experienced quite a quite a serious uh, sort of bank credit fraud event. I was only one year out of school when this happened. I was using my debit card around town, and as I recall, it was declined, which was a bit of a surprise to me. I assumed I had money in there. I was working. I was I was making pretty decent money for a kid who was 21, uh, just out of school. I, I was happy. I had beer money and rent money. So I uh, I went over to my local bank branch and I asked them what was going on. And they were like, well, it's pretty simple. You don't have any money in your account. <laughs> I didn't realize that my account was empty. So we started looking at transactions, which is something that I didn't do at all at that time. And I would get these statements in the mail and I might look at them. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I was just happy to have a job uh, and some money. So as we started looking over these transactions, I saw a bunch of things that I did not recognize. There were a bunch of suspicious transactions. Uh, and, and going over with the bank associate was like, oh, I, I've never been to that restaurant. I've never been to that bodega. You know, I've never been to any of these places. Were they all in New York though? They were. I lived downtown um, and these were all like way uptown and places I just had never even been to in the city uh, at that point. So. You know, I immediately was like, I don't know what to do with these. If you think back, was there a place uh, that might have taken your credit card information? You did mention having beer money. So I'm wondering, did you ever hand that card over as a tab by way of holding a tab at a bar? Oh, well, certainly. Yeah, certainly. You know, in Europe now, when you buy something at a restaurant, they don't take your credit card away from you. They, they swipe it right in front of you. I'm sure you know that. And even in, in America now, you'll see it more and more. Well, they'll have a portable machine to swipe your card. And the reason for that is it reduces the chances that a waiter or another person at the restaurant takes a photograph of your card and then can just use it, reproduce it, whatever. The truth is, whether it's a photograph, a skimmer, or who knows what, there are a lot of ways that someone could get your bank card information. But your bank was emptied out. Your card was used by somebody who wasn't you. What happened next? At that point the bank started a fraud investigation. You know, we kind of went through all the charges and we looked at it all. And then they had sort of thought, well, yeah, what, how secure is your mailbox? Did you have locking mailboxes where you lived in the dorm or was it just mail was dumped in a in just like a file box and everyone said, just go get your mail? Is that Bennington College you're talking about? Yeah, just wide open mailboxes. <laughs> Did you have a did you have this bank card when you were a student at Bennington? I don't believe I did. And after college, even if your apartment had a locking mailbox, we know these are actually not really very secure. Yeah. What was the investigation like? During the investigation, basically all of my money was gone or frozen or in some sort of limbo. And for me, you know, um I didn't really have anywhere else to to go on that. So I was kind of just free falling through New York City, um, relying on friends, you know, any, any way I could sort of just like stay afloat while all this was going on. And it was, you know, it was, it was pretty hard. 
we all had roommates those early days in New York. Um, and, but I'd imagine that my sense of pity or mercy, if I were your roommate, um, would have just been maybe a few days, uh, before I started to get kind of impatient. Yeah. Uh, thankfully we, we sort of developed what a system that only people in their very early twenties could develop, which is, okay, I'll pay for this week and you pay for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that was just sort of a running, a running tab that we had going. Uh, in no way, I don't, I don't think that actually helped our problem. It just made us feel better for a week at a time. Um, but yeah, he, he was like, he was trying to, he was cashing my checks for me, um, when, when I couldn't get to the bank and, you know, it just was, his patience was long and I appreciate that deeply. That's why we're still good friends today. Being, being young in New York is hard already. Um, forget about just kind of faltering through a a financial crisis that's not of your own making. What else was going on with the investigation? Did the bank believe you? Or did they think you were just trying to scam them? Uh, Toward me, I feel like they were very skeptical because they were, you know, they were like, these are reasonable charges. These are restaurants. You have other restaurant charges. These are bodegas. You have other bodega charges. And the reason they stood out to me were was that it, they were all in neighborhoods that I, I hadn't visited. So convincing them of that was kind of tricky. And, and it did launch this very lengthy investigation um, where they were basically like, yeah, really sorry, but you, we don't have anything for you until we complete the investigation. Well, not only that, but in those days, the victim of an identity theft or account takeover was considered guilty until proven innocent. Hundred percent. Things have radically changed over the years, but in those days, no, you were the bad. You were the bad guy, especially at your age. Yes. If you're just out of college. I can just sort of imagine sitting down and be like, "Hey, I'm 21, and someone's been running up a uh, bar tab." Like you're like, "Yeah, sure, uh, yeah. sure, Bella." <laughs> that was exactly what it felt like when I went in there. I was sort of a, a 21 year old kid who didn't really know what was happening. I was suddenly broke, you know, um, and they were like. Yeah, yeah, just, um, you know, hang out by the phone. We'll give you a call between 10 and 60 days. <laughs> Such a know we decide. Yeah, good luck on that. You know, and, and, at that, and I was uh, afraid to cash checks or deposit checks, obviously, because I felt correctly so that my account was totally compromised. And uh, what was the work you were doing? At that time, I was working as a freelance uh, lighting technician for, you know, off-Broadway theater and doing the okay, occasional production assistant job for commercials uh, in town. So probably not the sort of thing where you can just, you know, take a week off just to uh, iron out that whole uh, fraud thing, right? No, no, not at all. Uh, it's certainly not at all. It was, it was hard to get even to get into the branch to check in, but I did make myself pretty, uh, pretty familiar with that branch and they, they did get sick of seeing me, but the answer was always, you know, we're, we're working on it. We'll let you know. But you see, you were persistent, which is a lot of people aren't persistent. A lot of people are very reticent to fight with financial institutions and being aggressive and saying, this is my money, this is my right, is, is an important step for a lot of people. How much money are we talking about? Gosh, I mean, I think at that time it was, you know, maybe around total $5,000, you know. Wow, so um, a ton of money for someone that age. For me, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had called, you know, I remember my father calling at one point and, and saying like, how's it going in the big city? And I was like, dad, I can't believe it. Like, I'm actually paying my bills. I'm, I'm doing all right. That was must have been a kiss and death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <'cause> famous <laughs> last words. <laughs> this, a few months later, I, you know, I was just broke and 
my persistence was with the bank was simply because I just didn't have any money and I was using my my roommate and my best friend as an ATM in a bank. You know, he would I would try to sign checks over to him or you know, he would loan me money. But it, again, this is 2001. So like signing a check over to someone could take 10 days to clear, you know, they're just, it just wasn't the instantaneous economy that we have now. And I was really, I was really flailing out there. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rope's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. I can't recall how long it took them to complete the investigation, but I mean, it was, it was at least a month for them to sort of determine, okay, you may not be at fault. And the funny part is I think that they, they had picked out a few. They were like, nah, these aren't fraud. Like we're going to, we're not giving you back those. But the main, the main chunk of money, you know, because I think as you talk about so wonderfully on the podcast, like there was a water, they were testing the waters with some small stuff and then they, they made the big hit. And so the big amount of money they, they did get back, but you know, again, it was, that was like a few weeks too. And at that point, every day for me was like, I've been checking, checking the ATM, you know, checking, checking to see if it, if they had come through. It just never felt like it was going to happen. Back in 2001, they would give themselves 30 days to investigate. Today, it's 10 days or less. And under the Electronic Funds Transfer Act, it's really, they're supposed to help you as fast as they can. Do you ever get any indication from the bank as to how they finally determined that you were a victim of fraud or it was just the money was back and you didn't even care at that point? It's like, I got my money back. Yeah, the money was back and they they had they were the ones who presented the theory that perhaps your mail had been stolen. Um and the story actually continues a little bit after this. Um in uh the money was returned and then 
fraudulent checks started popping up and it was just really like a hat on a hat of pain here. Um, and at that point, I just thought, I guess this is my life now. I'm just going to be a victim of fraud. Um, and it just it felt pretty hopeless. And that that was when I just fully was like, I've got to close this account. I, I don't want to mess around anymore. Um, they seem to have like the, the bank, as I recall, had an unwillingness to just change my account number for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that why or I, I had asked for that a few times. And then the, when the check thing happened, I took all my money out and I just said, I'm closing my account. That's the best thing to do. Um, and I very unwisely figured out, I think, through through the address on like the checks that the bank had. And I, I went up to, up to look for them <laughs> and I did not thankfully find them. So you you reached a certain point with this. It was determined that you were the victim of a scam. Um, was it determined how you were being scammed? Was it by one person or more than one person? I don't know that I ever got a hard and fast, fast answer on that. Um, it seemed to be a collective of some sort due to the fact that the checks were being used in one way. The original debit card was being used in a different way. Um, and it all, you know, it was, I don't remember exactly, but I think a lot of it was up in the same neighborhood, like way, way up on the Upper West Side uh, of Manhattan. Uh, and a lot of the same places were being used, like the same restaurant, the same bodega. And, you know, in my sort of, in my mind, I was thinking like, all of these people must be in on it because they're calling in a card, you know, somebody's not checking too carefully and they're just letting it through. Um, As of uh, 2002, um, like there's me, Josh, Maurice, Jake, and uh, Garen, and Nate Meyer. We were all living in the Upper West Side, like on 140th. And so we were saying that. I was just like, was it one of those guys? Like, you son of a bitch. It was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I was like, yeah, I wasn't there at the time, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that I, I don't think I've ever really got a hard and fast answer. Did you change any of your practices or anything? Things really reached ahead and my frustration, you know, forced me to basically move out of the city and and try a new place. Wow. Did it solve the problem? Did it solve the problem of of being... Yeah, scammed. Well, I just closed that account entirely. But that was the end of it, though. You didn't have any more... That was the end of it, yes. Closing the account and moving out of town was the end of the problem. Did you stay with the same bank or did you switch banks? I switched banks. Yeah. Um, I've returned since to Chase, which was like a, a fun, a fun step. I, I still, 20 years later, when I, when I switched back to Chase, I still had like all those old feelings of just like it, it sort of, I wouldn't say it all flooded back to me, but I really never trusted them. I held a lot of resentment toward them for that. Uh, and, but now I'm, I'm a happy Chase customer. Look at it this way. At least you weren't a customer of Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank. Well, yeah. <laughs> Did the uh, lack of trust extend to like all banks or was it just Chase? Gosh, that's a pretty good question. Um, I did. I, the, my next bank was not a large bank. It was a credit union in Portland. And, and I felt, I definitely felt more personal attention there. And that, that did feel better because I, I did feel lost in the big system in this. It just, they were like, all right, great. We'll, we'll get back to you. And, um, I think I did, I did go to a credit union because of that. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, credit union fan for that reason. Yeah. They're very member centric credit unions. 
you know, since since that since 2001, I am an absolute hawk over my bank account mm-hmm. statements. Um, you know, I, I'll check them several times weekly. Same with credit cards. It really, I'm the kind of person I feel like, you know, if I lose my wallet, I'm putting a tracking price on it. If I get my bank account hacked, I'm like, this is a focus now. Um, and since I've been, you know, I think I've been a victim of identity theft in the small ways that a lot of people have where, oh, that a charge popped up. and But it made me very aware of this for the rest of my adult life so far, where I've just really, really been been on it. What's being on it look like for you? You know, utilizing all the credit monitoring services that my banks now provide for me. Um, always looking carefully over my credit card statement. You know, I, I do primarily use a credit card for all purchases now, so I'm always keeping an eye on it. Um, and, you know, just generally checking in with credit scores and things like that. Do you have a credit monitoring program? I don't have a specific credit ter- credit monitoring program outside of the ones that my bank provides. Have you signed up for transaction alerts with your bank, for instance, where they notify you anytime an activity occurs in your account? I do not have transaction alerts for, for every transaction. No. Oh. 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 Um, I'm going to let your friend Travis of the egg flinging uh, um, bomb. Egg dropping. The egg man. Travis. Yes. Set your friend straight. Set your friend straight on the transaction alerts, please. You should have transaction alerts set up, Jason. <laughs> Jason, what are you thinking that you don't have transaction alerts? That's what you're supposed to say to Jason. That, that's what Travis would say to me if we were sitting across the table right now. He'd be like, you idiot. Why don't you have transaction alerts? <laughs> True. <laughs> you make him sound like a robot. So, do you have a credit freeze? I do not have a credit freeze, no. What about three credit freezes since there's three of them? There's four. Shut up. It's actually probably even more than that, but forward. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Uh, the better uh, Travis, way to put it is, have you frozen your credit? I have not frozen my credit. No. Have you locked your credit? <laughs> I have not locked my credit. No. Have you locked the door to your house? <laughs> In a Bennington College way, I have not locked the door to my house. No. Do you have and- t-shirts with your social security number <laughs> written on them? <laughs> Just this tattoo. <laughs> All right. So what, tell us, Jason, of the not terribly active on the preventative side, what do you do <laughs> to keep yourself from getting hacked? Uh, well, I mean, now I feel like I'm not doing anything at all, but I do, uh, I, I keep a very close eye on my account. So, you know, I use the online tools to look at them quite frequently, the credit card, my, my, um, my checking and savings accounts so that very few transactions like go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and both the, the banks that I use offer credit score and, you know, sort of credit reporting for free that you can check anytime. And I do somewhat obsessively check my credit score. Um, and what is your so, credit, what is your, um, uh, credit score and, uh, the, the account number for both bank accounts? Could you just, and your social security number while you're at it no but all right travis Uh, travis told us not to be rough on you and i know we've been we've been beating up on you a little bit do you feel like we've been beating up on you a little bit no no i if i need it i need it (laughs) adam does he need it i think maybe we have a we need a little come to jesus meeting on this yeah travis yes do you feel like your friend jason kind of is asking for it um i mean yeah, the antagonistic part of me has to say absolutely, but 
Do you feel the need right. to protect I, your I, I do. Th- I, I do think two uh, big things that I can uh, just say right off the bat are the credit freeze and dark web monitoring. All right, Adam, hit him with the three M's. Jason, listen to this just once. If you forget it immediately, yeah, you try to remember something. He listens to the show, or at least uh, <laughs> if you if used you forget to. it immediately, you are like the rest of America. But that's okay. Well, you know, that's why they say, say it again, because we're and all again, knuckleheads. Yeah, because we do forget. Yeah, the three M's are, how do you minimize your risk of exposure or reduce your attackable surface? How do you monitor so you know as quickly as possible that you have a problem? And how do you manage the damage? Minimizing is everything from long and strong passwords or a password manager. Use two-factor authentication. Don't just simply click on links or open an attachment because you think Travis sent it to you. Uh, make sure Travis did send it to you. And at least one thing that Travis does that very few people do, he makes sure that whatever he gets comes from the right place and it's the real deal. Okay, now he's going to keep on with Travis. So I'm going to tell you a few more practical things, which is okay. like, use a mailbox that it locks or is somewhere where you can control it, unlike Bennington College. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you bagels. Know, if, yeah. In your personal... Uh, personally identifiable information where that's tax documents or pay stubs or your 1099 whatever keep them somewhere safe and if you have for instance you may have people in your house doing work maybe somebody's uh, fixing your plumbing or cleaning your house or you have a party and you have people not all of them you know in your house you shouldn't have anything out that could be used to steal your identity or 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 steal money from you in one way or another um, and, and it goes on and on, but it is basically minimize your exposure is essentially having a, a kind of casually paranoid outlook on life. And freeze your credit. Freeze your credit. That's part of the M, the first M. Mm-hmm. Monitor is get your credit report and actually read it. And look in particular for things you didn't do as opposed to things that you did do. Uh, um, also, check your credit scores. You can get a, a score monitoring a program as part of credit monitoring and dark and web sh- monitoring and you should do that also dark web monitoring to see if any of your information is being sold in a place it shouldn't be sold to people who shouldn't be buying it uh, if you want to get more granular even check your explanation benefit statements that come from your health insurer because you might find out that you weren't the one that had the appointment and always consider uh, sophisticated forms of monitoring, which include most of what we just talked about, including what's called the instant notification, which is not, Jason, someone at some point might have been using your information, as to, Jason, someone is attempting to use your social security right now, a number right now, is it you, yes or no? Yeah, tighten up that stuff, because it does, you know, I get no, the, the drag of it is, Jason, like, I, I, I just the other day was, Adam can tell you this happens. I have my, my stuff set so tightly that I yesterday was like, where are those, those uh, things that I ordered from Home Depot? They haven't come yet. And then I went online and I realized that Home Depot was not allowed to process the payment because my credit card did not recognize me as a Home Depot shopper and just said no. And, 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 but I'd rather be slightly inconvenienced by that than the higher level of inconvenience of being scammed even though these days if it's a credit card and you call and you say that wasn't me they'll pretty much you know get rid of the charge what they won't do 
even though they're getting better at it, is is give the new credit card number to all of the places where you use it. So it is actually an inconvenience no matter how you slice it. Every time you change your credit card number, they always tell you, you have to notify any place that you've done business with. Especially- No, and it can be a lot. And that's a, yeah. that is a drag. You're gonna lose a day. You're gonna lose a day of your life there. And the way around that is to have credit freezes and to tell your credit card company, I want you to inconvenience me. Tell well, me, not only that, but you tell can, me when you're not sure. A lot of the new credit cards also have a freezing capability as well, which is different. And that's where if you think you've lost it or it's been stolen, you can instantly yeah. put a freeze on your credit. Yeah. And that way you don't have to get a new number if you find it. Right. That's great. And then there's the third M. What's that? And, and the third M is how do you manage the damage? A lot of people don't realize that through their insurance company, their financial institution or where they work. A program is available to help them through identity incidents. It could be free as a perk of their relationship. It could be deeply discounted or not. And so what you need to do is contact your insurance agent, your financial services rep, or the HR department at work and say, do you have a program that'll help me get through an identity incident? Am I already in it? If not, what do I need to do to get in it? Is it discounted? Is it free? Or what's it going to cost me? I think at the end of the day, too, this is sort of the um, exact opposite of the grandparent scam, where um, when you're just out of college, when you're young, when you're in your early 20s, uh, you're not really thinking of all that. It's just a lot more about kind of living paycheck to paycheck and uh, kind of just dealing with that level of instability. Um, and I think that can be pretty daunting, actually, uh, when you're that age. Like, I was not taking these uh, precautions when I was in my early 20s either. It was just, it, it's one of those things where that makes you such a great target for scammers. I think one of the other things too, though, Jason, I know that uh, your work has meant that you've moved around a lot, or like been all over the country. And I think that ends up even, even being uh, more difficult to keep on top of your uh, finances and credit, just because if you're like in Kentucky or if you're in Minnesota or anything like that, that just being able to figure out what looks like a, sus a sus suspicious transaction um, seems like even more of a needle in that haystack, ultimately. Can you say suspicious five times really fast? Probably not. No. <laughs> This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com and please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Jason, we really appreciate you spending time with us today and, you know, sharing a story that without doubt was very daunting for somebody who's young and starting out. 
now that you're old and wizened and can look back on it. Hey. Uh, a different story. Well, we are all old and wizened. I was going to say, a- you're just so projecting. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I'll tell you the really good Travis Juicy stuff off the air. Yep. Excellent. He, he has the same hold over us, Jason. Yep. <laughs> I have a very, very keen memory and a very, very sharp sense of uh, vengeance. So... It's, it's so, so true. Jason, I worked at an animal rescue one year during college, and this place was kind of illegal. They rescued slash stole Reese's monkeys from labs where they were used as test animals. And so there was this, you know, very large group of Reese's monkeys in this cage. And I was standing by the monkey cage, and this monkey came over to me, to the cage, and he looked at me, and I looked at him. And then he opened his eyes really wide and opened his mouth. So I, thinking that we were about to have a great friendship, opened my eyes and opened my mouth. And when I did that, he opened his mouth twice. Then another monkey came over and did the same thing. There were 20 monkeys and me. I was sitting on one side of the fence and 20 monkeys on the other side were going, my supervisor walked up to me and was like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making friends with the monkeys. And she said, no, you're having an argument with them. (laughs) Now, this story, these monkeys were all related to Travis (laughs) because every day I would walk by that monkey cage. Every day, they would be really chill, like their shoulder up against the fence. But I did when you know they try to make it like low key that they had their arm outside of the fence, and then they try to grab my hair. <laughs> That's Travis. <laughs> I do listen to the podcast and I really enjoy it, guys. So uh, thanks for doing it. I'm gonna go freeze my credit right now. Okay, now it is time for the tin foil swan, which is what Adam. Oh, come on, Bo. You know it's our paranoid takeaway to help keep you safe online. Mm-hmm. Fine. I do. I do. I do. What do we have this week? Okay. One thing that jumps out at me from Jason's story is how financially vulnerable that kids can be when they graduate from college. And it's not just student loans. Which is not to be ignored. Yeah. Well, okay. Just trying to get out there in the world and having to make rent, pay bills, find a job. Keeps a job. True. And all this makes them ideal targets for scammers. Right. When you're fresh out of school, you're probably too busy to get your act together to keep an eye on your credit because you probably don't have that much in the uh, way of a credit history. All right. So where are you going with this, Travis? Well, I've been out of uh, school for a couple of decades, and I fortunately have like another decade or so before having to deal with my kids going to school. Okay. Enjoy it while it lasts. Sure. I have to say that one of the best gifts you can give a recent uh, college grad is to spring for credit monitoring services. Absolutely. And as we've seen over and over again, no one is immune from identity theft. Scammers are lazy. (laughs) Lazy. They go after the easiest targets they can find, and young adults hit the bill. Well, it's probably not going to be anything they thank you for, actually. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect a big, uh, thanks for the dark web monitoring, Dad. But as we saw in Jason's case, that derailed his entire life. I mean, I'm glad he got back on track. He is a friend of mine. But when you think of all the melodrama and uncertainty that goes with being in your early 20s, the idea of adding identity theft or bank fraud and all the rest is like dropping a hammer on your foot. Get off it, Travis. You don't even own a hammer. I do. 
No, but I think the point here is if you're going to give a recent grad any kind of gift and one that will keep on giving, as opposed to them being the gift that keeps on giving, helping to pay to keep their data, their identity, and their finances safe, that's a good present. Totally. I mean, doing laundry is a hassle at that age. And I figured that uh, very few recent grads are really going to be spending too much time figuring out what, uh, you know, how to freeze their credit and the like. So if anyone in your life is about to graduate, or even if they're still in school, consider helping them out with identity protection services, including credit freezes, transaction alerts, dark web monitoring, proton mail. Don't forget regular credit reports. And trust me, it's a win-win. And that's our tinfoil swan. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media, produced by Andrew Stephen and Travis Taylor. Our executive producers are Bo Friedlander and Adam Levin. That's me. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin. Come back next week and rate and review. It really helps people find the show. 